Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, September 16th. We begin with a look at both the vaccine exemption program and the new restrictions announced by the province Wednesday evening in the battle against COVID-19. We get the details from Global Calgary reporter Sarah Offit. Next, reaction to the new restrictions and protocols from one of the hardest hit sectors during the pandemic, the hospitality industry. We speak with Ernie Sue, owner of Calgary's Trolley 5 Brewery and board member of the Alberta Hospitality Association. With the federal election a mere days away and the COVID case numbers trending very high in our province, what safety protocols can voters expect when they arrive at their local polling stations on Monday? We discuss with Leanne Nirfa, Alberta's regional media advisor with Elections Canada. And finally, the past 18 months have been very difficult on the mental health of our kids. Our on-air contributor Dave McIver looks back at this challenging time and the importance of school sports and extracurricular activities to help enrich the lives of our kids during this fourth wave of the pandemic. 7.20 mornings with Sue and Andy here on 770 CHQR. Where were you? At 6 p.m. yesterday into the evening hour. Just finished supper, uh, hopping online. I was on the uh, Global News Facebook page mm. watching that press conference as I think many, many of us were. I was watching TV, listening to the radio, and watching Twitter. You, you were doing it all, Ooh, multitasking, it blew up. juggling. And I know that Sarah often is all over it as well. A Global Calgary reporter, good morning to you, Sarah. You gotta stay off the Twitter on these kind of ones. <laughs> I know you do. Quick look and then shut it down. You're right. Um, yeah. You know, there's so many questions swirling, and I know that we've got a couple of dates. We've got to well today as of 12:01 a.m. and then looking ahead to the 20th, which happens to be Monday. So, can you give us the Coles Notes version as to what has changed as of today and what we can see changing on Monday? Yeah, and let me pull up my notes here because mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get my head around this mm-hmm. as well. So it's starting a lot. today, yeah, we are going to have masking, physical distancing um, is in once again. Uh, indoor gathering limits have also been imposed, including um, for those vaccinated Albertans. There will also be mandatory masking um, in schools for teachers. Now, I think a lot of schools, um, CBE Catholic, had already had masking mandates in place, so we're not really going to see those changes here. But you know, this is going to affect things province wide. So students that are in grade four and up. Um, have now also been added to that, so they'll have to wear masks. And then, of course, we have uh, things in the work for Monday, including um, that vaccinate, uh, vaccine passport that we're not calling a vaccine passport. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call it a different name. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're getting lots of texts in from people, for the most part, saying, you know, that it, it took way too long for the government to get there, but, but that we should, you know, stop criticizing them and just get on board. But I think, you know, that's kind of the gist of it, is that I think people were so concerned. We've waited so long for this information. And then when it came down, it was just so extremely convoluted, wasn't it? It's hard mm-hmm. to get to the gist of, of really the meat of, of what we need to know. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there's a little bit of politicking here. I mean, again, like mm-hmm. Kenny is not one that likes to eat crow and, and he's sort of having to do that now. And he did, um, you know, apologize for moving things to the endemic level, but wouldn't go as far as to, to sort of apologize or take responsibility for, for the situation that our province is now in. I mean, um, you know, it had been third. 12 days yesterday since we'd heard from him and that was the second time in you know about a month so I think a lot of people were were already very angry going into this and sort of that was exacerbated last night Um, not specifically I think because people maybe disagree with things but just because um, the province is is in the situation it's in and the hospitals are in the situation that they're in. 
Yeah, very interesting, and I guess we'll get some more details over the next few days as far as what things are going to be looking like as mm-hmm. it does affect us all. Thank you so much for your time, Sarah. You're welcome. That's Global Calgary reporter Sarah Offen. Well, as we know, last night the UCP government declared a state of emergency for the province and rolled out more restrictions. With reaction on how this will impact local restaurants and bars, we're joined this morning by Ernie Sue, owner of Trolley 5 Brewery and board member of the Alberta Hospitality Association. Good morning, Ernie. Good morning. How are you? Great. Thank you. Have you a chance to weigh through all of this and, and figure out what it means? And, and have you received specifically any guidance on how this program is going to work for your industry? Yeah, we have a call scheduled this morning um, to clarify to make sure that we have all details set in place for, for our industry. Um, there's a lot of information that came out last night. We want to make sure that the, the correct information is getting to all of our members. You know, something that has been uh, detailed is this exemption program that the restaurants would be able to apply for or get on board with and then have patrons come inside. Right now we're talking outside, uh, you know, patios, and there will be restrictions. We'll get to the table sizes and, and cohorts in a second. But I, we were curious and talking off, off mic here, Ernie, about staff. If I have a staff of 20 people working in my restaurant or pub and a few of them don't want to be vaccinated, what does this mean uh, from your understanding at this point? Well, that's exactly one of the, the hugest points that we need to discuss with government and see what happens and how this all takes place in the next couple of weeks for the staff that are unvaccinated. Um, we're still waiting on exact protocols from the government on that in that respect. And do you know at this point, or again, will that be what the meeting is for to find out, you know, when you've got somebody at the door, how do you check on, on people's vaccination? Yeah, the enforcement piece is going to be um, probably the hardest issue right now. Um, and how this is exactly going to be rolled out. Uh, it's That's the most important for not just every restaurant, but, but all of the public as well, right? How this is going to be rolled out and what the step process uh, needs to be to ensure that, um, you know, the double the exemptions are executed properly. Now, when we look at the, the timeline, Ernie, and we'd heard two times, which is uh, some of these restrictions in place at 12.01 as of this morning, some on the 20th, which is Monday, does this kind of leave you in, in limbo until the 20th or, or what sorts of, you know, uh, levels of operation are you going to be on until that point? Well, and that's the issue. We, you know, we, we, we need the government. It's great that they, they spoke about the details, but um, again, there's, there's just far too much confusion uh, for the industry, for the public, and we're hoping to get everything clarified today. Have you been able to apply for the restrictions exemption program as it stands at this point? Well, I think every restaurant is scrambling to, to do so, um, to stay alive. Um, you know, it was just a situation of where restaurants were finally able to start digging themselves out of the last 19-month hole, and now they're back in uh, the debt situation. And I guess part of it is, you know, and uh, we can even ask, ask you uh, uh, the two-parter here, uh, City Council saying yesterday that these pop-up patios will come back next mm-hmm. summer. What does yeah. that mean to your industry? And, uh, you know, how important is it that, you know, we do have those patios at least for the next 10 days or two weeks to get these businesses by that might have to, you know, wait in line to get their exemptions? Well, it's going to take two years, a minimum, for, for all the restaurants to get back up on their feet. So the pop-up patios will be uh, very instrumental uh, across the province to give restaurants that extra fighting chance to get the revenues back um, into a situation where they're viable again. Ernie, uh, you know, we hear a lot of criticisms that, you know, businesses, they don't want this vaccine passport. But from what you're hearing from the people within the Alberta Hospitality Association, is it the opposite of that? Are you hearing that most agree this is the way to move forward? 
Well, I mean, there, there's 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 going to be differing opinions on the vaccine passport in every industry right now. But our our message to maintain everything is we spoke to the government back in June about what the plan was going to be if a fourth wave should hit. And at that point, we were told by the premier at a roundtable that um, open for good was the was the status. So. You know, it, it's up to the government to lead here. They have the science, they have the data. Um, we're still not pleased that it's being put on businesses and, you know, not a government decision. But uh, again, we have to leave that in the government's hands. Ernie, we've been hearing from uh, others in the hospitality industry that they've been up against it when it comes to getting employees uh, to keep their doors open and keep the level of service up that they want. If, for example, you have some unvaccinated employees and it happens to be 10 or 20 percent of your staff, how difficult would that be to, to, to lose those staff, in effect, not having them in shop already with shorter staff uh, levels? Yeah, our industry is, is, is you know, very, sta- you know, manpower short right now. And, you know, the open-closed situations just makes it worse. So our, our ask for the government right now is that's fine. We want to do the right thing and try to help get the cases down and the hospitalizations down. But then financial support needs to come forward to try to keep this staff in place. Um, from there, then, it, then you know, we'll, we'll be able to keep more Albertans employed. Thank you so much for your time, Ernie. We'll be uh, looking forward to getting further details along with you and your industry later today. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me. Ernie Sue is the owner of Trolley 5 Brewery down on 17th Ave and a board member of the Alberta Hospitality Association. 609 Mornings with Sue and Andy and uh, Canadians. Yes, lots going on in our province, uh, but we still be going to the ballot box on Monday. And yet, meanwhile, here in Alberta, COVID cases at an all-time high leading the charge across the nation. So joining us now to talk about how safety concerns are being addressed is Elections Canada Regional uh, Media Advisor, Leanne Nierfa. Good morning to you, Leanne. Oh. Leanne is going to join us in one second Something here. A little I think we telephone must have trouble. lost her for five seconds, but it's interesting to me. I did the advanced polling last week. Yes, you did I did as too. Well. Yep. You did it on the back edge. I was there basically when they opened the doors. Yeah. And you said, oh, I got to get in there. I like to do that because you don't know what's going to be happening election mm-hmm. day. I didn't even put two. We're, we're so immersed in this world and our restrictions and what a crazy time it is that I didn't even think about oh my gosh, it might be a lot busier, more of a lengthy process. But I like to get that out of the way. But for the most part, Canadians will be heading on Monday to take care of their civic and uh, national duty as Canadians. Uh, Leanne Nierfa is, of course, the Elections Canada Regional Media Advisor. Good morning to you, Leanne. Good morning. Well, let's talk about these safety measures because it's a different time. It's uh, a one-of-a-kind federal election is amid the pandemic and in the fourth wave. Uh, what protocols and measures are being put into place to make sure people are safe? So, of course, safety is our top priority. And so we'll be using measures like, of course, the same t- types of things that we've seen in, in many public facilities over the last 18 months. So physical distancing is going to be in place. All of our staff will be masked. Plexiglass barriers will be in place to um, protect workers from electors. Um, hand sanitizing and frequent cleaning is going to be going on. We'll have single-use pencils uh, for electors, or they can bring their own writing tool. And, of course, electors will be required to wear a mask. Um, and, obviously, this is to comply uh, with the provincial indoor masking mandate that's in place. If someone doesn't have a mask, one will be provided. 
Yeah, I was pleased, Leanna. When I got there, I went for a walk in my neighborhood to go to the advanced polling. And as I got there, I thought, oh, I forgot my maths, my masks. So I was <laughs> pleased to see that they were handing them out for those who had forgotten. So that's great news. Now, some of the voting stations are in schools, as the one was that right. I voted at. So people may or not may not be vaccinated when they're going to cast their ballot. So what about there? Are there concerns about, you know, potentially spreading through the school or that sort of thing? Or do you feel like you've got the safety protocols you need? Right. Well, just to start, you know, polling locations are, are chosen based on their accessibility, their availability, and their proximity to electors. And schools often meet many of those requirements. And, and so typically, even in a, a regular election, shall we say, um, if we're using a school, we would always, you know, be trying to ensure that that voting location is going to be accessible from an outside entrance, away from the main entrance, um, and away from classrooms, and that every effort is made to ensure that voters are, are really limited to the hallway and to the voting room and they're not going to be coming into contact with staff or students um, and so this you know usually includes hiring some additional extra or extra election workers um, you know to ensure that that everyone is separated in that way so of course for this election during a pandemic returning officers also really needed to find locations that could accommodate physical distancing. And so where we have been using schools, um, we have consulted with all of our provincial and territorial health authorities um, who have been reviewing our health and safety guidelines and our guides for polling places. So returning officers have been working with school boards and school principals and administrators to ensure that health and safety plans are well known and are followed um, and if there were any additional safety concerns over and above um, what elections canada is normally doing that the schools had we would certainly be, in, be you know, ensuring that those are being followed for the schools Leanne, we did see, uh, you know, uh, quite the rush, if you will, to the advanced uh, polls and some lineups at the advanced uh, polling stations. Are you anticipating long waits for people who cast their ballots on Monday? I mean, how do you forecast for something like that? Yeah, well, that is really difficult um, to forecast. It really depends on on the options that that people are choosing uh, to vote for this election. Of course, we had some the opportunity to do mail-in ballots if people wished to do that. Um, we had the advance polls. You could vote at election offices until September the 14th, and and people did take advantage of that for the advance polls. We did have about 627,640 people across the province wow. uh, take part in the advance poll. So that's going to be about 30% of, of the population of this province did, did take advantage of that. In Calgary, there were just under 200,000 people who voted at the advance polls. So um, one thing that we can say is that, you know, for some people, their polling location is going to be a little bit different this year, just based on the avail- availability of the polling locations that we had available to us. Um, so it's really important that you check your voter information card to find out where your polling location is. And of course, I think as everyone can understand you know with the physical distancing requirements that we have in place the lineups may be longer um you know simply because we have to space people out appropriately um and so we you know we do expect the lineups to be possibly longer um but we are so proud of our staff and and our workers who have been working really hard um to to help people through the polls and uh and help them vote so um we just want to throw a shout out to our election workers who are really really working hard and Mm -hmm and hope that electors do have patience on election day in the event that there are long lineups. 
And, and Leanne, I wanted to ask you too about, you know, if people after work are going to vote and the long, the lines are long, do you ever turn anybody away or does everybody work until everybody casts their ballot? Yeah, so according to the Canada Elections Act, we can't turn people away if they are in line before the close of the polls. So okay. in Alberta, that's going to be 7.30 p.m. So as long as you're there and you're in the lineup by that time, uh, we will work hard to get everybody through right to the end. Is there, and again, this kind of goes back to the forecasting, how busy it will be on Monday. Is there an amount of time I should have in my head that is going to take to, uh, you know, from getting out of the car or walking to the polling station to walking <laughs> hey. out? You know, that that's really hard to say, but we do find that first thing in the morning, the polls are a little bit busier. Of course, during the lunch hour, um, people decide to come and vote, so they might be busier at that time. After work and then during the dinner, uh, you know, uh, right after right after dinner, they'll be, you know, usually. But but again, it's really hard to say what, when, you know, people will decide to head out. Um, so hopefully you're not waiting too long in a lineup. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's a little bit difficult to say how long, how you know, when people will actually choose to, to go to vote. So don't be rushing. Give yourself that little bit of extra time. Leanne, before we let you go, what That's do we right. need in hand when we go to vote on Monday? Okay, so again, check your location for your polling uh, station on your voter information card. You do need to provide proof of your identity and your address before you vote. So have a government-issued piece of ID like a driver's license that would have your photo, your name, and your address on it. If you don't have that particular piece of identification, you can use two other pieces. Both of these need to contain your name and one must have your address. So for example, you could bring your health card and a utility bill that has your address on it. Um, if you've just moved or, or you just don't have any identification that showing your, your current address, you can have somebody who knows you and is also voting at your same polling station vouch for you. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, you'll both need to sign a declaration. Well, yeah, thanks for your clarification in this very interesting year. Mm -hmm. uh, Canadians going to the polls on Monday. Thank you so much, Leanne. Thank you. That's Leanne Nirfa, Regional Media Advisor for Elections Canada. 641 now, and with school sports and extracurricular activities back, Dave McIver wanted to look at the positives those things bring and how families can balance the mental health impact of the pandemic with the possibility that extracurriculars could potentially go, again, go away again one day. With Alberta teens and kids back in school, the opportunity to play sports and enjoy extracurricular activities has returned as well. The pandemic has impacted the mental health of many youth across the province. So I wanted to talk about the positive impacts these things can have on our youth and what we can do if we see these things go away again. Dr. Jody Carrington is a clinical psychologist and she didn't mince words when it comes to kids being able to connect with each other again. Dave, it's essential. We are, we are wired for connection and so are our babies. You cannot navigate the hard things without connecting to each other, particularly in this season of there's so much going on for our kids, particularly our adolescents around, do we matter? How do we, you know, mend broken hearts? How do we navigate from losing, you know, that second most important hockey game? How do we, you know, do all these things? And you, you can't tell kids how to do it. They have to experience it. 
But I think if we ever think about like the purpose behind these extra activities that we do with our babes is really that is where so much of the magic happens. You know, some of our best mentors are our coaches. If I say, you know, who is your biggest influence, you know, between grade nine and grade 12, you know, people say, oh my gosh, it was Coach McLaren or I did this, or I remember this guy, this, you know, the 4-H leader. And so it is often in those experiences that we navigate rights and wrongs and have hard conversations that, you know, sometimes our parents can't handle, you know, how do you navigate losing that, you know, tier 567 TC provincial, you know, you, you can't really plan for that. You have to go through it. And um, so much of these opportunities really provide for that social development that I think is so critical. And when you don't have those opportunities, we really lose a lot of that developmental process. And so it's that that's why it's critical. That's why it's important is that you can't you can't make that stuff up. You can't practice it. What would you do if somebody hits you on the ice? What would you do when we lose? What are you going to do when we win? What are you going to do when this kid gets MVP and you don't? Those are the things that we have to navigate, right? And walk kids home through. Uh, and you, you just can't do that without the experience in place. With the announcement yesterday, kids sports and activities are for the most part unaffected for now. So how can parents and kids deal together with the anxiety of things possibly changing for the worst? You know, we talked about just navigating this anticipatory anxiety of it being gone away. Again, and everybody's chippy. Okay, so if we want to stick with the sports analogy, the chippiness, you know how hard it's to play a team when they're chippy. And we're all chippy right now. Parents are chippy, kids are chippy, teachers are chippy. Uh, and so we're going to step back into this place and we're all divided over, are you vaxxed? Are you not vaxxed? What's going on? You're, on, you're not going to wear the mask. I'm not going to wear the mask, right? We really get into this divisive way of operating, which means when we have no very few window of tolerance and some parent says something offside or some coach, you know, sits your kid, there's going to be not a lot of room to navigate that this season. So I think we're settling into a mental health crisis. I, I think we're really into this place where people are going to not treat each other very well. And I, I don't think there's any way to um, navigate it other than being prepared for it, which is, okay, we're going to need a lot of grace. And what if we get to a point where extracurricular activities or youth sports gets canceled again or postponed again? How can families and their kids navigate that? So two things. Uh, number one, we've already done it. So the good news is, can we survive it? Yeah, because we have a script for it. <laughs> now, was it awful? Was it bad? Like, I mean, the anticipatory anxiety the last time of what is the ramifications? We didn't know, but we did it. We figured it out. We navigated it. There was good, bad, otherwise. You know, I, I say this quite often. A hockey shut down and it was the best thing that ever happened to my family. Right? We learned how to snowboard together right? So do we navigate, will we be able to navigate this? Maybe, right? And so there, there could be some of that. But secondly, what I think is really critical is our kids are direct barometers of the big people. And if the big people aren't okay, the little people don't stand a chance. So as a child psychologist, people come this, you know, all the time, can you see my kid? Is my kid going to be okay? I always say this, I need to see you first. And they say, oh, just a second, do you think I'm the problem? No, 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 my love, you are the answer. Right. And if we're OK, those babies are watching. Right. I mean, there's kids right now in Guyana, for example, walking three miles barefoot to school and they're trying to be safe and navigate all those things. So we're, we're here in Canada trying to figure out how we navigate our babies through these things. You know how we do it? We show them. We say whatever's safe, whatever's deemed safe, let's do it to the best that we can. Are we going to be OK, mom? Are we going to be OK, dad? You bet we are. And the question is, will we be okay? Yes, we're wired to do this. 
We're wired to do much harder things than these. Can we navigate a global pandemic? Yes, we can. You want to know how I know? We've been doing it for 18 months. <laughs> okay? So we can do it, and our babies are going to be okay as long as we look after each other. I know it's a saying that maybe has gotten lost over the last 18 months, but now, maybe more than ever, we need to remember we're all in this together. Dave McIver, Global News Radio, 77 CHQR. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.